0: The internet has changed. So should the way you bank. PNC Virtual Wallet for Digital Banking. It's time for a change. Now through March 31st, earn up to $300 when you open and use a select new virtual wallet product. Simply establish a qualifying direct deposit. To learn more, visit a branch or pnc.com slash checking offer. PNC Bank. Make today the day. Visa is a registered trademark of Visa International Service Association and is used under license. PNC Bank National Association. Member FDIC. Hello everybody, this is, I am Craig Perra and this is Sex Afflictions and Porn Addictions, a podcast to help you do two things, do two things. This is my goal in this podcast because these two things are so inexorably intertwined, they're so interwoven and that is to create healthy sexuality for you as you define it and number two, to create a great life. Happy 2017, everybody. I'm so glad that you're here, so glad that you're listening or watching, depending upon where you're at, Um, but truly, truly honored and privileged um, that you're paying attention. So it's 2017 has just started. I'll tell you about how my 2017 started, and I had plans, and I've got so many incredibly exciting things going on. One, I continue to help men, women, and couples profoundly change their lives in my one-on-one coaching. I'm also working on a book and that's moving forward. Um, we're also putting together the early um, pieces of a show, of a, of a TV show um, surrounding me and my coaching, which is just like the beyond amazing, who knows where this is gonna go and I've got some incredibly talented coaches who are working with me and helping people. Um, We start our next training session for Mindful Habit Coaching Certification in the next 45 days. So many exciting things going on, and I was ready to take 2017 by storm. I had a nice little break before Christmas, took a little time off for the first time in a long time, and boom, I came down with pneumonia. Like severe pneumonia, two rounds of antibiotics um, knocked me on my butt, and all of those plans got put on the side. And that was kind of depressing. I was pretty low. One, because I felt like absolute shit. I mean, I couldn't breathe because of the antibiotics and because of the pneumonia. I can't do my yoga. And I'm so excited to do yoga. Oh, and check this out. So behind me right now, for those of you watching on video, this is where we're going to be teaching the yoga classes for my online program, for the partners and for the men. And that's coming up soon. There's going to be a little waterfall back there. It's going to be all bamboo and look real pretty. So I was excited to get that started. And (laughs) excuse me, I'm going to cough every now and then. So my apologies in advance. Um, But everything had a stop. And I had to go back to basics. I had to go back to basics. And I had to become selfish in that I had to prioritize me. I had to prioritize me um, because I was sick and I had to get better. And I accepted myself for where I was. I took the time that I needed. And I'm slowly, slowly, slowly starting to um, get my sea legs back. And I'm glad to be back here on this podcast. And in the spirit of entering 2017 and talking about how things don't always go as planned, because that's life. That's a reality, right? The Buddhists of the first of the four noble truths, the first one that the Buddhists say is life is suffering. Whoa, that's kind of depressing. But it's true. Life is hard. We live, we die, we get sick, we're healthy. Those around us have Challenges, challenges with work, challenges with help. Life is so hard, and it's so important to embrace that reality. Because if you don't, you're surprised when it happens. I'm not surprised when it happens. I know good things are going to happen to me, and I know there are bad things that are going to happen to me. I can only focus on me. I can only focus on what I can control. So today, I want to talk about New Year's resolutions and give you some tips on how to set some really intelligent goals going into 2017. And and goals are important. Goals are so important. Just allow me to state the obvious for a second. You need to know where you're headed. And I was recently reading an article that one of my clients brought to my attention, a beautiful man named Mark. Mark, I want to thank you. For sharing that with me. And he talked about in studies in the brain, it shows that we have a quarter of a second to react. So as anybody, for you guys who've been paying attention, we've talked a lot about the habit cycle, triggers, thoughts, and action. We've talked about how those triggers are biologically hardwired and they're not going away. So you have to learn to use those triggers to create positive results, Do everything that you can possibly do to increase the space in that quarter of a second so you don't habitually react the way you've been reacting, in some cases, for decades. I mean, that's a reality. Your triggers are biologically hardwired. Your thoughts are the result of decades of programming. Our major psychological belief systems, the lens through which we experience the world, is wired in us by the time we're 12 years old. And we all know what happens when that 12 year old is driving the bus. So you've got to learn how to use your triggers to create space. You've got to change your relationship with your thoughts and you have to set goals. Because when you have a clear vision of where you're going and why, where you're going and why, in your six major life areas. And here are the six major life areas that I want to talk about today. Career, finances, health, hobbies, relationships, and spirituality, as you define it. Those are the six major life areas that we use in our program. And here's some other metrics that I want you to pay attention to as you go forward after listening to this podcast. And I call these next five things, the fundamental five. And I call them the fundamental five because, because they are so important. I have never had a client executing on these five areas come back to me and say, hey, I'm slipping. I've had people come back to me and say, hey, I've lost my way. I need some help. I need some guidance. And we talk about their problems. And the first thing I ask them is, how are you doing with your fundamental five? Eating, sleeping, drinking, hydrating, exercise, and mindfulness. Here's my trusty water bottle for those of you watching. Eating, sleeping, drinking, exercise, and mindfulness. And why is this related to healthy sexuality? What does this have to do with your porn addiction, with your sex addiction? Everything, everything. Because when you have goals and when you're taking care of yourself, you are honoring the golden rule of behavior modification. Does anybody know what that is? Have you been listening? Have you been paying attention? What is the golden rule of behavior modification? Say it with me. To break a habit, you have to make a habit. That means your success in not doing the thing is a function of you doing something else. I want to say that again. Your success in not doing the thing is a function of you doing something else. So some of you are obsessively focusing on not doing the thing, 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 thing, and not doing anything about other areas in your life. And you, my friend, if you continue down that path, you are destined to fail because your success in not doing the thing is a function of you doing something else. And when you have goals, when you have a destination, and you understand in a very acute, precise way why you're here, what your destiny is, where that fire inside you lies, and how you're going to honor that, that's going to empower you to stay on track because someone living a fulfilled life someone living in a a life where they are honoring and respecting their mind body and spirit with goals they're not sitting in their bathroom jerking off for hours a day doesn't work like that it doesn't work like that nobody wants to waste their life away But here's the other piece which I think highlights why goals are so important. Your porn addiction and your sex addiction is the symptom. Is the symptom, it's always a symptom, it's never the root cause. And let me put that in perspective, you before I jump into some of the specific goal stuff that I wanna talk about today, okay? I have never worked with a client whose primary problem with sex addiction or porn addiction. I want you to think about that for a second. I wanna say it again, I have never worked with a client whose primary problem was sex addiction and porn addiction. Wow, what? what are you talking about, Craig? I was on your website, that's all you do. Yeah, true, true, but the sex and the porn is always the symptom, it is never ever the number one problem. In fact, let me throw a statistic at you just to put this in perspective because what I'm trying to do now is impress upon you how important it is to have a plan, to have goals, to honor and respect your mind, body and spirit. On day 1, on day 1, 95% of my clients identify their number one problem as sex addiction and porn addiction. Excuse me, think about that for a second. So 95% of my one-on-one clients on day one identify their number one problem as sex addiction and porn addiction. By day 30, what percentage of men still identify or say their number one problem is sex addiction and porn addiction? What do you think? Throw a number out there. 50%, 75%, What about maybe even 25%, 25%, 50%? How many people still say on day 30 of our work together that sex and porn is their number one problem? And guys, I'm working with some of the toughest of the tough cases. These are people who've acted out with prostitutes, massage parlors, have problems around fetishes, serious intimacy problems. They have an intimacy disorder, so to speak. The number of men at day 30 who identify as their sex and porn as being their number one problem is zero. Nobody, not a zilch. Not one single person, because Because they have learned something very powerful about themselves. Number one, by a month in, they're able to see clearly how the sex and the porn, the out of control behavior is the symptom of something deeper. What do you think that deeper is? What do you think that hole is? What do you think that root cause is? It's the same in every single client that I've worked with and that's the CEO, that's the actor, that's the lawyer, that's the doctor, that's the guy who works at the supermarket busting his ass for his family, the FedEx delivery driver, the teacher. Same thing. Same thing. They all come to the same realization. And I want you to get there quicker. Lack of love for self. Lack of love for self. There is a part of themselves that just isn't good enough. No matter what they do, it just isn't good enough. And so they continue to fail and reinforce that belief system that in the overwhelming majority of cases, virtually all, I'm tempted to say every, is a belief system rooted in their childhood. So if you want to numb, cope, and escape, well, what's the best way to do it? Drugs is good. I went down that road. That, that works. That, that'll help you numb, cope, and escape. But it's pornography. There's other forms of compulsive sexual behavior. You, feel insignificant. But when you have goals, when you are honoring your mind, body, and spirit, you become significant to you. You operationalize love for self. Let me say that again. Through the execution of goals and honoring your fundamental five, eating, sleeping, drinking, exercise, mindfulness, you are operationalizing love for self. You can say you love yourself as much as you want, that's soft and that's mushy, we'll hug a tree, we'll sing kumbaya, we love ourselves. That's not what this is about. That's not what this is about. There's a, there is a softer, deeper part of this lack of love for self and, and how that gets wired in us. But what this is about is having direction, having a goal, having plans, and being the best version of yourself because your sex addiction and your porn addiction is the symptom. And it's critical to counterbalance those biologically hardwired triggers, those decades of programming around the thoughts. Pay attention to your thoughts. How often do you sexualize somebody? How often do you self-deprecate? Right. Your major psychological belief systems wired in you by the time you're 12 years old. And here we are adults and all that stuff, that big hole we're trying to fill with compulsive sexual behavior or drinking or gambling or whatever other self-destructive thing that you're doing to yourself. So we need to operationalize, incorporate into the organization. You're the organization. You're the CEO of your enterprises. Insert your name. I'm the CEO of Craig Lyle Para Incorporated. And when I started to think about my life from that perspective, I was able to leverage some fundamental basic, basic business techniques to create a personal infrastructure that allowed me to counterbalance the biologically hardwired triggers, the decades of programming around the thoughts, the negative belief systems that still live in me. They empower me to navigate the bumpy times, my pneumonia, feeling completely wiped, unable for for a bunch of days to get out of bed, couldn't breathe. I still have not slept lying down in over four weeks. Four weeks, I sleep sitting up. When I do sleep, I sleep only a couple hours a night. I'll take a nap during the day. So, so, so what keeps me on track? And the, 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 the phrase that I want you to think about as you listen to this podcast is, and the question is, what is your personal infrastructure? What is your personal infrastructure? So many of you have jobs many of you have worked in business in some capacity so you understand the infrastructure is how things work how do organizations continue to produce great high product quality high level of customer service achievement of profit goals etc cetera, etc cetera. they do it because their infrastructure is so solid they've got a plan they've got processes They manage their risk proactively. They're not a slave to the market. They're not a slave to the whims of the economy. They have infrastructure, and you need personal infrastructure. And one way to do that is to have strategic goals. So what are strategic goals? Strategic goals are goals that are higher level in nature. The analogy that I like to use is that you are the captain of a ship. And you choose in your strategic planning that you want the ship to sail from point A to point B. How you get from point A to point B, those are tactical goals. Those are the details, how you execute on that goal to bring you from point A to point B. So I really want you to consider starting this new year, setting goals for yourself. Capitalize on the momentum of New Year's resolutions, and listen. You've all seen the statistics. New Year's resolutions don't work. Well, I'm going to help you make them work. I'm going to help you make them work by introducing a very, or revisiting a very powerful concept. So as you craft your strategic plan, I want you to have a strategic plan for the six key life areas in your life, your career your finances, your health, your hobbies, your relationships, and your spirituality, again, as you define it. And I want you to answer two very simple questions. I want you to look over the course of the next six months. That's a You know, strategic planning tends to be a year or greater or or around a year. I want to shrink that down for these purposes, right? I want you to be able to create some attainable goals within the next period. But if you are successful, what does your life look like in six months? What does success look like in six months? I want you to define that for each one of those categories. And let me give you those categories again. Have a pen handy. Write this down. Career, finances, health, hobbies, relationships, and spirituality. Okay. For those of you who don't believe in a higher power, then that spirituality is mindfulness, being in the present moment on purpose, without judgment. One of the most effective things that you can do for your addiction, for your shitty life, is to meditate, is to practice mindfulness. The data is absolutely, unequivocally overwhelming. It is part and parcel of my practice. My men who meditate, stay sober, and live great lives. So, so in those six areas, here are the two questions that I want you to ask. What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to accomplish? Number one, and number two is why? 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 Why is that important? Why is why important? Let's just start talking about that for a second. Why is important? Because the why is the fuel. The why is the passion. The why is the fire. Why, to the exclusion of all else, do you plan on utilizing and dedicating your most precious resource of time to the achievement and advancement of that goal? Why of all the things that you could type on your keyboard, that you could write out with your pen, in the universe of potential things that you could accomplish, why is this important to you? You need to know your why. You need to know your why. What do you want to accomplish, question one, and why? I want to give you some guidance on answering question one. the creation of goals. Have you ever heard the acronym SMART? Now, some of you in business know exactly what I'm talking about. SMART is an acronym that stands for S is specific. Is the goal specific? Here's a quick example. I want to lose weight. Is that specific? Mm, No, it really isn't, is it? I mean, I know if I lose one pound, I accomplish the goal. If I lose 100 pounds, I accomplish the goal. So your goals that you set in your answer to question one need to be specific. Number two, they need to be measurable. I want to feel better. I want to feel better. Is that measurable? No, it's not. But you can identify the attributes in your life that make you happy and craft specific measurable goals around that performing a hobby, deepening your spirituality, enhancing your relationship, moving forward in your career, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. S stands for specific, M stands for measurable, and A stands for attainable. All of the SMART attributes are important. Attainable is one of the most important, and I want to give you some tips on setting some attainable goals before I conclude this podcast. The R stands for relevant. Is these goals that you're setting relevant to your strategic plan? Are they outliers? You know, you're moving in one direction. All of a sudden, you got this idea that's way out here, this idea that's way out there. Is it relevant to your overarching plan in your life? that makes sense? Is it relevant? And T stands for time-bound. Is it time-bound? Goals must have a deadline. If not, they're really just dreams, aren't they? They're really just dreams. So in answering question one, I want you to set goals that are smart. I want them to be specific. I want them to be measurable. I want them to be attainable. I want them to be relevant. I want them to be time bound. They must have a deadline. They must have a deadline. So your assignment, your mission, if you're willing to accept it, is to spend 45 minutes creating a strategic plan in those six key life areas. And that strategic plan defines what it is you want to accomplish, and why do you want to accomplish that goal? What does it mean to you? Where's the fire? Where's the passion? Why do you want to do that? I have absolute clarity on what it is that I want to accomplish. You know, I want to help people all over the world. I know exactly where I'm headed. And when things get tough, when I get pneumonia, When the kids are driving me nuts, when business is going crazy and I'm just losing my mind and I just feel like sometimes I want to scream and I want to act out, I get triggered to use drugs, triggered to act out sexually. That doesn't go away, guys. I just want to make that clear. It doesn't go away because I've already told you your triggers are biologically hardwired. So yeah, I get triggered to act out sexually. I get triggered to use drugs but I got a beautiful plan, a beautiful plan that's unfolding before me and I'm accomplishing things, brothers and sisters, that I never ever dreamed were possible. The notion of writing a book, the notion of working with clients in 24 countries, the notion of people all over the world turning to me, to me and the coaches that work for me and my online program and the workbook and CDs you buy on Amazon is 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 i'm never ever 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 going to take that for granted i was in corporate america most of my life assistant general counsel for billion dollar companies i ran a billion dollar companies compliance department i absolutely love what i do and when things get rough when things get bumpy When those triggers and those self-deprecating thoughts start flying at me because I'm sick, for example, like I have been, I can quickly open up a notebook and see something beautiful. I can see a path that I want my life to go on. And since to break a habit, you have to make a habit. I've got a plethora of new habits, new goals, new strategies, new ideas, new concepts I'm going to continue to share with you. Someone asked me a question um, a couple months ago, and they said, uh, well, I get this question a lot, but what do you do to stay sober? And this was a client we had been working with for a few weeks, and uh, the answer was, "Uh, you just paid me for it. And I was a little crass. I didn't mean it to sound off crass, and then the phone went silent. I said, oh, my God, what did I say? That was so rude. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that and then he he had muted his phone and he came back and we were laughing about it he understood what i was saying but when i walked out of impatient i said to myself i am never ever ever coming back to this place and i don't care if i've got to dedicate the rest of my life to self-help if that's what it takes no i had no idea at that low point that it would bring me to this place but i am at this place because I've learned to use my triggers to drive positive action. I understand the different parts of myself that want to take over, that want to drive the bus. this part of me that's not good enough. There's part of me that's an addict and craves and numbing, coping, and escaping. The part of me that wants to sabotage all the great things that I've accomplished. And I have a plan. I have a specific, deliberate plan that carries me through the dark times. So here's some advice I want to give you in setting goals. Lower the bar. Lower the bar. Lower the bar. Wait a minute, Craig, aren't you supposed to be motivating me? Aren't you supposed to be telling me to shoot for the stars and land on the moon? Maybe, and I hope I'm motivating you. But my commitment, my commitment, my goal is to drive sustainable results. Anybody can pay someone a gob of money and be clean for a period of time. And you you fork out a bunch of cash, you'll see how quickly you stop doing the thing. Okay, but that's not good enough. That's not good enough here. I have to create sustainable results with my clients. And when it comes to goal setting, what is the biggest problem with the goals that they've set for themselves? They're not attainable. They may be attainable at some point in time. But they're not attainable right now because of where they're at. So I love being in this position of being the motivator and, ah, you know, conquer the world and, 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 you know, take life by the horns and lower the bar. And what I mean by that is to create goals that are attainable. And the way you do that is through the implementation of many habits and micro goals. And here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to create some mini habits and micro goals for your fundamental five. Eating better, sleeping better, hydrating better, exercising better, and practicing mindfulness. Okay? So we talked about the overarching strategic plan in those six key life areas, but really, just reflect on this for a second. What level of sustainability do you think that you can create in your life if you're not sleeping, eating like shit, not taking care of your body, not honoring and prioritizing your mind, body, and spirit to the exclusion of all else? So here's where we bring in mini habits and micro goals. And mini habits and micro goals are goals that are ridiculously attainable. Ridiculously attainable ridiculously attainable. You've heard this story before, but I'm going to tell it again really, really quick. I have a client, call him Joe, morbidly obese. I didn't realize he was morbidly obese when we started because it was, it was early in my coaching practice. I didn't get a picture of him and we're talking about his porn problem. And I find out that he weighs over 300 pounds. And this was a man who afforded, uh, who could afford the nutritionists, the dietitians, the cooked meals, the Weight Watchers, the whole thing, the whole thing, anything, anything that, that you could do, and he was contemplating getting the surgery. Here's what I asked him to do. I asked him to find his running shoes and his shorts and stand out in his front yard for 60 seconds a day. Come on. That's ridiculous. What do you mean? I'm going to stand outside for sixty seconds a day? That 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 doesn't make any sense. Shouldn't you be motivating me to run two miles? Well, when's the last time you ran two miles? Twenty years ago, huh? Why would we set a goal that's unattainable at this moment? And see, what happens is with goal setting is you keep setting goals that at the moment aren't appropriate. They're not working. Why? Because they're not attaining them. So lower the bar. So I asked this client to stand outside his house. Well, first he couldn't find his running shoes, couldn't find his shorts, finally gets out there, and he's swearing at me, uh, um, sending me text messages, flipping me off. Like this is stupid. Day three comes around, he starts stretching. Day four, he walks around the block. Day five, he walks around two blocks, three blocks. He just finished a few months ago, a half marathon a half marathon, and he has lost over a 100 pounds. I cannot begin to tell you the benefit of many habits and micro goals. They've had an incredible impact on my life. And I'll tell you where I learned about them first. There's a website called deepexistence.com. And the gentleman's name is Stephen Guise, G-U-I-S-E. And he's got a great book on many habits and micro goals. It's Five bucks, 10 bucks, it's free sometimes. Get it and sign up for his information because this guy's got it going on. He is super, super smart. His life changed with one push-up a day. His life changed with one push-up a day because that was attainable. He could accomplish that no matter what. No matter what, he was going to do one push-up. So one of the places where I typically assign this goal is around mindfulness. Mindfulness is so hard. Sitting and meditating is like, the uh, like easiest thing in the world to sit and breathe. But to do it like, for a long period of time is hard. It's a tough habit to get into. We don't like being alone with ourselves. Every time we're alone, we act out. So it's very, very difficult to get men and women in this place where they can sit and reflect on their breath. So I asked them to count their breaths for 60 seconds a day. Count their breaths for 60 seconds a day. And that produces sustainability, because then the fire gets lit, and it starts burning. And then like, oh, wait a minute. This mindfulness stuff is amazing. Look at all the crazy thoughts that I'm having. Wow. Wow, how could I not attach to those thoughts? So that's just one example for you. But what I would like you to do in addition to your strategic plan, is to set one, one mini habit and micro goal for each of the fundamental five, eating, sleeping, drinking, exercise, and mindfulness. And remember, when you set a mini habit and a micro goal, you got to be almost embarrassed. If you told anybody this was your goal setting strategy, you might even feel a little bit weird. Like, right, that's all you're doing? Yeah all so you're doing. Ridiculously attainable. And if you can't achieve that one, lower the bar. You can't achieve that one, lower the bar and watch your life change. Not just in this quick, ah, yeah, look, at look at, I'm on top of the world. I'm accomplishing all these goals. And what does that last for, guys? How long? Two weeks, three weeks, a month, maybe? It's not sustainable. But if you start at this lowering the bar place with many habits and micro goals, You begin to build an infrastructure, and that fire in you produces a culture of success. So bring your goal setting into your organization. What if your organization set goals like you did? Constantly failing. What would the morale be? What would their retention rate of employees be? What would the success of the organization be? It would suck. It would be an absolute. Mess organizations need to set attainable goals. Doesn't mean they're not stretch, doesn't mean you don't push yourself. Okay, but start small. Start small. So, you've got two assignments, two missions. One, create your strategic plan, make sure the goals in your strategic plan are smart. Identify the why, the fire, the passion, the burn in you that makes these goals the ones that you want to work on. And number two, Set mini habits and micro goals for your fundamental five, eating, sleeping, drinking, exercise, and mindfulness, and watch your life change. I am so excited for 2017. I'm so excited to start teaching yoga in my online program. I'm just beyond like pumped to share this incredible gift that yoga has given to me with my guys and the partners who work with us. Um, Honor and privilege, brothers and sisters, thank you so much for listening. Signing off. This is Craig Perra with Sex Afflictions and Porn Addictions. Catch you on the flip side. Love you. Bye-bye.